What's up, people? Thank you for checking out another edition of Morton's Law Podcast here on this September 17th, 2022. I record on this Saturday night. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Morton's underscore law. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Morton's Law Podcast. And if you would be so kind, if you, I mean, spreading the word of this show is a lot for me, but if you would be so kind to donate, subscribe, anything to the show would help. I understand times are tough, as I said previously, but uh, I would appreciate it. And uh, I apologize. Last week I was sick. Unfortunately, I'm still alive, so here I am. I guess we'll do another episode until I stop waking up at some point. Um, my life is, I mean, here's another example of, of my life in a nutshell, okay? So earlier today, I'm online at the supermarket, and I pulled the line. Now, I rarely ever eat cold cuts because it's bad for you. It's shit. I mean, diabetes, you know what I mean? It's just really bad. Occasionally, I'll have cheese once in a blue moon. And that's like every four to five weeks. All right, not a blue moon, but still. I love Boris Head Ham, and I love my ham and cheese sandwich. Somebody who listens to the show knows Boris Head motherfucker. That's what I said one time when I went into some um, deli or supermarket down in Chelsea. What was that? Like in 2006, when I was working at then College Sports Television, I walk in and they had some de- ham that I never heard of before. I'm like, what is this ham that you're trying to sell me? And I just go, boar's head motherfucker. And that is st- <laughs> and the guy who was with me was hysterically laughing because he couldn't believe, like, who would say that? I did. So, yeah, I, I love that sandwich on a hero, like I said, every four to five weeks. So, I go over to the counter I pull the number and it says 91. I look up at the ticker and it says only on number 79. And I know this is going to take a while. (laughs) So I just go looking around, getting a few items. 15 minutes goes by and I walk back over and it still said and only said 80. And here's why. Here's why one number went by in 15 minutes. So I'm standing there with a few people waiting and this older guy starts talking and I suddenly realize he's talking to me. I don't know. Maybe we made eye contact. I don't know. Maybe I have a friendly face and he thought I would just listen to him and he starts rambling. I mean, as if this process could not get worse of of waiting on this line. Then he looks over at my shirt. And he makes a comment about, he's like, is that some kind of camp or something? And by the way, I was wearing the 100 anniversary, 100 year anniversary of Jackie Robinson. It's, it's a t-shirt that was put out and uh, somehow I, I got it. And um, so he says something about the camp and then he tells me, and at this point, I just can't believe what I'm hearing. He says, I, I think he's talking about football and how at, at a certain age, he was 240 pounds and he ran the 100 meters at 9'8" which is extremely hard to believe, but if he wants to go with that story, more power to him. I mean, really. So at this point, I'm looking for a life raft. I mean, anything. A stray bullet would have been welcomed, as it is every day. And I'm I'm one way of thinking, I mean, the Holocaust was Disney World in comparison to this experience. It was just awful. I mean, so you got the Staten Island mutants behind the counter, cutting the meat, and all of a sudden, they call the guy, and I'm rescued. And then I look over and he hands him roughly eight bags of cold cuts, like separate items of meat and or cheese 
And I'm like, this guy was just cutting his cold cuts for a half an hour. This is why the number never moved. Now, granted, they have four people, but, you know, you got these mutants rotating on brakes. I mean, every two minutes, I'm seeing a different face. As one goes to break, one comes out, one goes, one comes out. I mean, uh, I, I don't mean to judge people, but, you know, if you're of a certain age, I can understand a, a kid working behind a counter because maybe they're in college, maybe they have some kind of ambition. But you know, when you're of a certain age, 30s, 40s, and maybe older people who retire just want to work. I've heard that story. That's fair. But a yeah, certain age, you know, 30, 40, life didn't work out well, too. You know, it just didn't work out. I'm sorry, but you, you know, you're doing that for a reason. It is what it is. So I know what I'm dealing with. So I, I, I try to be polite. So, okay. At this point, I'm just, I, I start, I just start talking to people. I'm like, I, what number do you have? What number do you have? Someone's like 81, 82, I'm 91. So I figure like oftentimes people will pick a number and then they'll just walk away and then they'll come back because they know how long of a wait it is. But occasionally you get lucky and some people just like, forget it, I'm not coming back. So then the numbers start moving faster. And and now people are listening to me and I'm, I'm getting responses. I'm, I'm just like, so I, at this point, I'm like, let me cut the meat myself. I'm like, give me a slicer. I will do it. I mean, you know how you can check out for yourself, by the way, you know, you pay for yourself now and leave and the whole process of, I'm like, well, just give me a slicer. And the guy on my left jokes, he's like, yeah, but then people will be bleeding everywhere because I, I worked in a deli at some point and that, that's pretty accurate. If you're not extremely careful, you will cut your finger. But I'm like, wait, sign a waiver. I'll sign the waiver. I mean, if, if people are willing to take that risk, well, then ShopRite isn't responsible for blood or severed limbs. I mean, hey, at the very least, it would be entertaining while waiting. Hey, look, this person just lost a pinky. That's, that's funny, right? I mean, come on. So the numbers now start moving and they get past 100. So now they're back to zero. And this old guy grabs a number and I'm looking at him and I'm like, I tell the guy on the left, I'm like, look at that guy. I'm like, he may no longer be alive by the time they call his number. I mean, at this point, I'm performing. I kid you not. I'm like doing a set. <laughs> the guy on my left is laughing. I'm just having fun with this right now. <laughs> like 40 minutes goes by. I, I could have done a whole Comedy Central uh, special. It's just like unbelievable. But yeah, that's my life in a nutshell. Ugh. Just uh, try to avoid the deli line if you can at ShopRite. It is, it is a nightmare. And you, you tell a manager, they'll look at you like you have four heads. They, they don't care. These people do not care. So someone had asked me during the week, um, what were your thoughts on the queen passing away? And I don't know. My, my thoughts were like, who cares? I mean, <laughs> people are so emotional about this. Like, who cares? Well, how would she impact any, anyone's life? Like, what? And if you want to say that's ignorant, fine. I don't care. I don't, and, and why does anyone care? Like, especially here. Okay. All right. So, of course, as always, there's a lot to get into. The pro wrestling, the NFL is here. Week one in the books. Week two already started Thursday night. We're going to come back and talk about AEW this past Dynamite leading to the Grand Slam on Wednesday at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Morton's Law Podcast back after this. And welcome back to Morton's Law Podcast. 
so this past a lot has happened since the last episode uh the aftermath if you will of all out with cm punk and the elite getting into that backstage melee locker room as as i've heard now and there's a lot going on with that story and because of what happened that night we'll get more into that a little bit later what what the what's happening with that process but that led to tony khan having to suspend everybody while there's an investigation going on so what we learn on wednesday is that they're now going to have a brief tournament to determine the new champ and that's what happened two weeks ago after that and obviously now a week has gone by so they make that announcement and we see the bracket and you immediately go oh okay we're gonna get danielson and moxley most likely in the finals that's what i thought have the two members of the same faction going head to head would make sense so everything from last Wednesday, or now two Wednesdays ago, leading up until this coming Wednesday at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens. So this past Dynamite, we get two semifinals. The second one I'll give you first, because it was the main event, which they actually had as the legitimate main event. Instead of being on at 8 o'clock, it was on at 9.40. It was Brian Danielson against Chris Jericho. Of course, Jericho won the previous match at All Out, so this was the rematch. This match was, it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it, except for, uh, again, me nitpicking here. I know a lot of people like this. Again, enjoy if you want, but there's way too many chops. I, I get disappointed as I watch because these are two excellent wrestlers who don't have to lower themselves to what all the cover wrestlers are doing by chopping and just doing stuff over and over again with no meaning. And you have everybody just saying, here, hit me. I'm going to hit you. Hit me. I'm going to hit you. And the best to me is like all these fans love this stuff. And as I said on the last episode, none of these people would take one of those chops. Let me hit one of those people. Let's see how they react to it. It's, it's absurd how people find that entertaining. It's not wrestling. It's stupid. Like, I don't get that. So the finish was, was well done. Jericho, um, well, actually, um, there was a spot where Danielson fell out. We were suplexed actually outside, and now he's selling his ankle. They talked about his boot not being the traditional wrestling boot, more sneaker, and uh, his ankle lacked support. So Jericho worked over the ankle. He then, for whatever reason, then transitioned to the, the walls of Jericho, which is odd because, you know, that, that puts minimal pressure on the ankle. I guess you could have done something differently. But then Jericho, uh, excuse me, Danielson escaped that at some point and then, of course, got his finisher on and then starts yanking back on Jericho's nose and face where he couldn't breathe. And then Jericho eventually tapped, which was the right way to do that, because, I mean, now you're going to get the match against Moxley. We'll talk about that second in a second. So then, so the thing is, Danielson couldn't beat Lionheart. But he can beat the regular Chris Jericho. Of course, comes out to, again to Judas and, you know, has the sing-along. Even though he's a heel, that, that still goes on. Um, so then the post-match, you get Moxley comes out. And they do the, the brief handshake. And now we're going to get that as the main event on uh, Dynamite this coming Wednesday. Should be good. I mean, I don't see why it won't be good. Danielson will get the best out of anybody, I think, in that ring. So Moxley and, and they're going to work hard and... Hopefully the chops will be minimal, but I know they won't, and, and, and that's going to get stupid, but 
Uh, I'm curious where they go here. I, I think they're going to go Danielson. I do believe that. And um, that will eventually... Now, now, the question is, and I just thought of that, is, is the MJF variable? Does he cash in on Long Island? We're going to talk about more about him in a moment, but that thought just crossed my mind about him, the potential of cashing in at home. Don't know. I mean, he's already been talking Moxley down, so that makes you think, well, will Moxley win? So then he goes after him. So now, now I'm having that thought, like maybe that's going to happen. So earlier in the night, Moxley defeated Sammy Guevara to no surprise. I mean, once you saw that match happening, you know, it was winning. There's no point in even watching. Whatever. It's a match. Um, I mean, look, like I said earlier, the, the finals of this mini tournament, predictable, but still decent. Now, since the last episode, like I talked about, Punk, Ace, Steel, The Bucks, Omega, Suspended, um, a thorough investigation ongoing. However, they're saying that they're getting close to determining something soon. So that's coming up very shortly if it hasn't broken already and I'm just not privy to it. But we are going to get news soon about their future in AEW. A lot of people think Punk is done. <clears throat> I mean, we'll see. And I mean, Ace Steel is probably done. The dude bit somebody and threw a chair at someone's head. I could see fisticuffs and maybe some brawling. That's different than biting someone and throwing a chair. That's a little barbaric. Um, I, I don't know about the Bucks and Omega. There were rumors that they were already looking to go elsewhere. <laughs> uh, whatever with them. Now, the interesting part about the, the week in terms of none of those guys being on the show is that the ratings went up. The rate, Now, I don't know if people are, are, are were thinking, hey, maybe you know that the whole thought of uh, something being a work and who knows who, if anyone could come back at any point. So we got to see this show. Maybe somebody will reappear. I don't know. But look, I mean, I would like to see the quarter hour breakdown. And the fact that the numbers went up, it was like 1.1 this time, so it was even higher than last week. Uh, I would like to believe that that last two quarters that the match was in did higher than the rest of the show. I, I, I would like to look that up if I can. Um, so I'll find that out. But yeah, it's a really good number. I mean, look, people should want to see Danielson and Jericho. That's a, that's a great match on paper. It is. Can't deny it. So uh, then we get MJF. He introduces his new faction, which is called The Firm. Now, this segment became painful to watch once MJF left the ring. Now, he cut his whole promo on Moxley that I referenced earlier. And it was a good promo, talking about the demons and not being able to slay this demon and all that other stuff. Talked about his alcohol and and it, it was a good promo, definitely. I mean, MJF and the crowd loved him and he... You know, did what he did to get the crowd to boo him a little bit, but they still want to cheer this guy. They want to cheer this guy. And they're going to want to, again, they, I mean, look, Wednesday in Queens. Of course he's going to get a rousing ovation. He's going to be the baby face, like we talked about, Bret Hart in Canada. That's what he's going to be on Wednesday. And, I mean, look, I mentioned the, the potential of him cashing in. I don't know. We'll see. But the odd part was, like, MJF introduces his faction and then he left the ring like you would think he would stay with them, which was weird. And at this moment, I'm listening to Stokely Hathaway, who is a good interview, good promo, whatever you want to call it. And this speech may still be going for all I know, because it was just it went on and on and on. 
and received almost zero reaction. The fans were just like, I was honestly surprised that they didn't want him on this. Like, I'm like, the fans were respectful at least because they didn't want him. But, I mean, a WWE crowd would have what this guy after the first, like, two lines. Because this just, like, was painful introducing all these people. I mean, listen. I don't know. Again, you get all these stables with this one big superstar and a bunch of no-name jobbers that people don't care about. <clears throat> so, um, I don't know. And again, why, why does MJF have to be in a stable? Why can't he be on his own? Now, maybe the stable will be short-lived. I don't know. There's a chance of that. I mean, first he's in the inner circle. Then he forms the pinnacle. And now we get the firm. I mean, by the way, is he AZ or Nas? Not sure. I mean, hip-hop fans will get that reference. Other people are like, what? Um, so then we get... Okay, we had Swerve and Keith Lee in a tag team title match, which was odd against Phoenix and Pentagon. Because if the titles change there, well, then you get a different match at... At, uh, at at Grand Slam, which we knew wouldn't happen, just why can't they be a non-title match? Everything has to be a title match in AEW. Just give me a non-title match at one point. So, Swerve and Keith Lee win. And then, I'm sitting here watching this, and I'm going, cue the acclaim music. Here it comes. And boom, there it was. It came, comes right out. Out comes Castor, who says, cut his music, to which fans were not happy because they wanted to hear a rap. Because the last time he got cut off by Swerve, which he then comments on and says, if you ever, if you ever cut me off while I'm rapping, I'm going to beat your ass or something like that. And, um, you know, he, he made a couple lines that weren't rapping. He just was more serious, which I guess is a good turn of these two characters to see them now because they did lose at all out and a lot of people as i talked about in the last episode felt they should have won and it looks like to me that this rematch was made because tony khan is hearing the fans and they want the acclaimed to be the tag team champions i'll be shocked if they're not wednesday night and look that it, it's fun it's fun scissor me daddy who i mean come on i, I even i can't poo poo on that that's funny so, all right, let, let's let's break this down for a second. Christian beats Jungle Boy at the pay-per-view. Of course, Luchasaurus, and then attacks him before the match. And and I'm I wasn't sure because I didn't know like was someone injured. People speculated, oh well, maybe Jungle Boy was injured and he couldn't wrestle a full match, so they just took him out early. And then we learned that Christian is the one injured. So I was like, what? So why wouldn't? You beat Christian if he's injured. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. I, I don't know. That, that's a little confusing. So then Jungle Boy appears and issues an open challenge. And we get Jay Lethal. Now keep in mind, albeit with help, Jay Lethal recently beat Dax Hardwood, one of the more credible in-ring workers in the business. And it looked like, now you're like, okay, well now they're going to push Jay Lethal. Maybe we're going to get Jay Lethal on a winning streak. Elevate him, getting back up to where a lot of people feel he deserves to be at the top. Because he's a great worker. He's a, an above average promo. And, I mean, look, he's been in the business for a long, like 20 plus years now. I mean, the guy broke into the business when he was 16, 17 years old. I remember him in Ring of Honor as Hydro. He was part of the, oh my God, what's the name of the faction? Oh, I should know this. It was like a bunch of kids, and they were like club kids, and they were always with the and they was <laughs> they were always partying, and they were always on drugs, and it was hilarious. It was like just funny pro like backstage skits that they would do, and I remember him as Hydro at like seventeen. 
So, yeah. Okay, so, pardon me, I went off on a tangent like I always do. So, I'm sitting here watching this match, and I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe Luchasaurus would come out and cause a distraction, and Jungle Boy would lose that way. And I'm also thinking, like, hey, maybe you give Jungle Boy a losing streak. So he has to do that whole soul-searching thing to find out who he is. Because remember, he came out against Christian as Jack Perry, not just Jungle Boy. But for this match, he's back to Jungle Boy. So they're like, wait, maybe there's some confusion. Maybe you know, he's still a young man. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's, an identity crisis. You, maybe you beat him a few times. You take him off TV. You bring him back. And now you now you repackage him. You give him something different. And, and of course, now he's Jack Perry or some other character. I don't know. But so with all that said, Jungle Boy taps he gets lethal to tap out to the snare trap and i went what i was like are you kidding me this is awful why would you do that to jay lethal i don't get that at least have some kind of outside something now i know sanjay duck got on the apron to look like he was gonna help lethal lethal did the roll up he kicked out and then he got and then he taps out so look, clearly they don't think much of, well, Tony doesn't think much of Jay Lethal. I'm sure everyone else in the back is going, what are you doing, Tony? What are you doing to Jay Lethal? This is crazy. So yeah, that, that wraps up AEW in a nutshell. I mean, look, this coming Wednesday should be a lot of fun. There's a lot of other matches on the, on the card too. They stacked this card, the Grand Slam card. You're going to get a four-way women's title match. You're getting uh, that all what is it something <laughs> pox title i don't even know what it's called the all something title uh <laughs> and he's gonna go against um orange cassidy who what knocked him out during his promo so i don't think anybody cares about that title so i didn't get a chance to see raw just because i was sick like i said and monday night football was back i've been really just out of it this whole week so i really like tried to fight through to give you guys this episode here and I will eventually watch Raw. Now, their ratings did take a hit. I looked it up, courtesy Monday Night Football, as expected. No surprise. I mean, every every, every football season, it's going to take a beating. Now, it dropped from over 2 million, and the composite was 1.7, with our 3 all the way down to 1.5, which is like pandemic numbers, and that's scary, just because you don't want to be down that low. But eh, maybe they'll get some people back next week. I don't know. Let's just hope that it doesn't take more of a hit going forward. Now, while Raw has improved tremendously, I've talked about this. I mean, I like the direction of the product. You know, nothing insulting. You're getting more wrestling. There's there's decent storylines. But what I'll say is there's nothing really exciting about it. Like, it's okay. I'm not like, you know, it's not must-see TV yet. And I, I think that's going to come in time. Like, Triple H has to do a lot of overhauling and a lot of decisions to be made going forward. And, and you know, and to be fair, then I read this week, again, take this with a grain of salt because it's reported on the internet, that Edge is apparently going to be written off television. So, I mean, he was attacked apparently last week, and um, that's that with Edge. So it looks like that's going to happen. And I don't know, it's one of your draws. So he's coming off. Who are you going to replace him with? Obviously, I mean, I shouldn't say that because, you know, Braun Strowman is back. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have on the ratings. I don't think he's more of a draw than Edge. 
I mean, most people would agree with that. No one's, no one's like, I need to see Braun Strowman. We know what his act is. It gets tired fast. I also read that Triple H wants to take one of Roman's titles and put it on Raw. Now, look, he's done a great job with Lashley and building that United States title, having that cage match, and that was boring against The Miz. I mean, that was brutal. That was tough to watch. It, it, it goes back to just, you know, having to watch a Miz match. You're like, oh, my God, give me somebody else, please. That was, what, two weeks ago? That was brutal. So I read that apparently they're going to do something with Triple H where he may come on camera and give Roman an ultimatum saying that if you don't work raw, I'm going to take one of your titles. I don't know how they're going to do that with the storyline because they don't want to beat Roman because it looks like it's set in stone that we're going to get Roman and The Rock at WrestleMania, which will be great, of course. So they don't want to beat Roman, but somehow they want him to relinquish one of his two titles. So Raw, I guess, could be more entertaining, which I disagree with. As I said to you on last episode, I feel like you have that traveling champion. Again, Roman is not working full time right now. I, I don't know. I mean, I know he's filming stuff periodically, but I don't know. There's got to be a way around that. I just feel like that one champion can be on both shows, maybe in the future. I, who knows what they're going to do? So, again, I didn't see SmackDown either. I'm just playing catch-up, of course, as I said. So I apologize if something happened that may be pertaining to this. Maybe you know more than I do at this moment as I record this here. So I apologize for not knowing if something did happen. I don't like to read spoilers. I like to be surprised. Uh, So I did read that Logan Paul and Roman Reigns is official for Crown Jewel. Now, some people that don't watch wrestling will hear Logan Paul's name. And they'll think, oh, what a joke. I had somebody I know send me a text message. Are they serious? Logan Paul, Bad Bunny? I'm like, what do you know? What do you know about the business that you can just make that comment and say, oh, it's making it a joke, a mockery. Like even someone I know goes, oh, that's a joke, Logan Paul. First of all, when you first hear it, you go, okay, you know, maybe it's stupid. But look, they need eyeballs. Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Huge social media influencers can only bring eyeballs, as I said, to the to the show. And let's be fair, for those people that don't watch all the time or don't watch at all, they don't know that Logan Paul actually took time to train and looked really good in his two matches that he's been in WWE. Exceeded expectations by far. So for those that don't know that, well, you're an idiot. You just you just you're talking without asking like hey um so what's the deal with logan paul and then i'll tell you instead of going oh that's embarrassing that's embarrassing joke no he's actually really good (laughs) and (laughs) he's gonna have a really good match with roman at crown jewel i anticipate and that's the same with bad bunny we you know again you know you hear bad bunny like oh come on really really and you see the guy in the ring you're like what He's, he's he's amazing like it is what it is i mean just Find out. Ask somebody that knows. Instead, I hate when people do that. Like, they just go, "Oh, that sucks. That's stupid." All right. So that wraps up wrestling. We're gonna come back and talk about the NFL and the league where they play for pay. I used to love that Francesa thing as he played the music before he made his picks. That was fun. All right. Um, Morton's Law Podcast back after this. Welcome back to Morton's Law Podcast. Let's get into the NFL. Week one, last week. Now, 10 days ago in that Thursday night football game, 
the Buffalo Bills came out and they made a statement. And a lot of people had them going to the Super Bowl already. And when you go into Los Angeles and just dominate the Rams the way they did, I mean, look, barring any injuries, I don't see how the Bills aren't playing on Super Bowl Sunday. They just look that much better than everybody else. I mean, Josh Allen is just, just wow. He's, he's that good. It's incredible the throws he can make, the escapability out of the pocket. I mean, they're running game passes, but the connections he has with, with Diggs and Davis. I mean, Gabe Davis is turning into a star before our eyes right now. Remember the four-touchdown game he had at Arrowhead in the playoffs last year? The game that the, well, the Bills would love to have the ball one more time, but they couldn't. Now the rules have changed for the postseason. That Each team will get a chance to score a touchdown instead of the field goal rule. But the Bills just, I mean, they're going to blow out a lot of teams. Keep in mind. They they played a really good defense on Thursday night, and their offense looked good. They're going to destroy some teams as the season goes on. They're going to put 40s and 50s on the board in some games. They really are. And they did that last year, but they might put more up this year. Because, again, injuries change everything very fast. You, we've seen it, the history of the game. So, healthy, they're going to be there. I mean... You know, it's a, it's a loaded conference, of course. I talked about that before the season. It's clearly the better conference. Now, uh, some upsets. Last weekend's, the one I'll talk about, you guys know I'm a Bears fan. And my expectations are always low. <laughs> just because I don't anticipate anything with this team. Obviously, they're going through another rebuilding, if you will. Bringing in the new GM, new head coach. And you hear all these things. And... They're down early to the 49ers. Ugly game with the rain, the swamp that they played in, essentially. Wind, you name it. Just horrible weather in Chicago. And uh, they're down early. Dabo, uh, Dabo. I, I almost, uh, Dabo Sweeney. Debo Samuel scored a touchdown on one possession, and they were up early. Then the 49ers go down there later in the game. And now on that possession, by the way, they fed Debo twice. On the next possession, they're in the goal to go. They don't give the ball to Debo. And by the way, that's after Mitchell got hurt. Who's going to miss now extended period of time. 49ers can't keep running backs healthy. I mean, they've had just a slew of backs in the last five years. It's like next man up. I mean, the, the best part about it is for them anyway, whoever comes up next is just as good as the previous guy who got hurt. So, I mean, look, that, that can't last forever. But, of course, Debo is going to take a lot of the carries on the goal line anyway, just because he runs through people. So, on that possession, I forget who the backup is. I should know that. I apologize for not knowing that. But uh, they didn't score, and Debo didn't touch the ball. That's just bad play calling by Shanahan. I don't know what you're thinking. How do you, I mean, you have to go back to the well. Until they stop Debo, you keep running him down there. It's mindless. It's like these coordinators outthink themselves. So then the Bears out of nowhere get a get you get a broken play. Justin Fields throws a deep touchdown. I don't even know all the Bears receivers by name. <laughs> Mooney did nothing. Komet did nothing. And um and then they scored and and it was like out of nowhere the, the Bears just looked I mean look, Trey, let's be fair. Trey Lance. Very mediocre. Again, the weather a factor. Can't can't take that away from the equation that the weather was bad for both sides. A lot of people, oh, it was a Bears type of game. A Bears. Not all these players are accustomed to that weather. Okay, so both sides are playing in that mess. 
It's funny when people talk sometimes. Like, yeah, both quarterbacks, both lines, both receiving cores. Everyone's dealing with that crap. It's not the ideal condition to play football in. So Fields, I, I mean, I should say Lance, excuse me, was just very mediocre with his passing. I mean, the Bears got decent pressure on him. The secondary looked decent for the Bears. Shockingly, they held up. And, um, yeah, they got some turnovers finally. Eddie Jackson coming back maybe under this new regime. Could Eddie Jackson return to form the turnover machine he was a couple years back? Then he's had a couple bad years to the point where people want him off the team. So I don't know. This is a different system now where guys get to kind of run a little free. There's no real – I shouldn't say there's no structure, but – Safeties now get to guess a little bit, take chances. Obviously, with chances, you can get burned. So that will be that part of the give and take as a defensive player in this league. But, you know, 1-0 Bears coming up on Sunday night against the Packers. I'll talk about them a little bit later. And, I don't know, 49ers, they'll probably be okay. I mean, it's um, that was another thing, by the way. The Bears' offensive line held up. Because Bosa was not there. Now, again, the traction, uh, hard to get a pass rush. You're slipping, you're sliding. But, um, yeah, listen, I, the Bears have a makeshift line. They, they, it's overhaul. There's new guys in. They got, I mean, Leatherwood who got, Leatherwood, who got cut from the Raiders. I mean, what was he there? Two years? He was a first-round pick at Alabama, which everyone knew was, was way too early. He wasn't that good, albeit I believe he won two national championships with the Crimson Tide. So, I mean, he's there, left tackle, and they have other pieces, and they, they drafted other players. So, who knows? Can this line get better? Of course it could. We'll see. And uh, Fields, I, I want to see Fields Sunday night in Lambeau. I'm curious how he responds because they're going to show him different defenses. And, look, he was very mediocre in that first half. You can, you can say he was bad. I mean, look, the, the numbers weren't good at the end of the game either. They just got better in that second half. Of course, that broken play helps those numbers on the deep touchdown pass. But we'll learn about fields a little bit more Sunday night. Wild overtime game in Cincinnati. This was just insane, this game. Early, what, first half, Burrow throws three interceptions. And, you know, of course, everyone overreacts to everything. Oh, no, Burrow is coming off the Super Bowl. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And then what do you know? Burrow turns it around in the second half, throws a bunch of touchdown passes, gets them back into the game. And then what happens? Mr. Reliable, their kicker, who couldn't miss in the postseason last year. He was like stone cold. Like just every kick missed, what, two, if not three kicks? including an extra point, along with the Steelers kicker who couldn't make one. And then finally at the end, the Steelers ended up kicking the game-winning field goal with almost no time remaining. We almost had a second tie. We'll talk about the first tie in a minute. But that was just wild. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, hey, this decent numbers. Harris got hurt in the fourth quarter. His numbers were very weak. I have him in fantasy, so that's an issue because the Steelers don't have a great line. So if Trubisky is not going to stretch the field, you know, you're putting more guys in the box, right? You're going to put more guys in the box, less less concern about the receivers, more concern on Harris. And so Trubisky can show he can stretch the field with Johnson and, and Claypool maybe. Um, but right now, I mean, the Steelers, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to learn more about them too. We're gonna, they're playing New England. And, you know, Belichick's going to have a hell of a game plan for Trubisky, that's for sure. He's going to try to 
say, hey, beat me deep. I'm, I'm taking away your underneath. I want to see you beat me deep and be accurate because he's not very accurate. Wild game in Atlanta. The Saints come back to beat the Falcons. Uh, listen, I've been critical of Jameis Winston in the past. So far right now with this offense, he looks really good. I mean, the, the turnovers are down, if not not non-existent now. I mean, look. This this Michael Thomas, two touchdowns. I mean, is he Michael Thomas of old? Probably not. But on this day, he had a good game. And uh, the Saints, I mean, Kamara is, I don't, I don't think he's Kamara anymore. But they're, they're going to be, you know, the defense is still solid. So we'll see what they do going forward. And uh, Baker Mayfield thought he beat his old team until he didn't. Last second field goal ends up beating Carolina and uh, the Browns survived that game and they just destroyed them on the ground by the way I think they gave up 200 yards I mean look when you have Hunt and Chubb and that line Brissett has to do very little we talked about this on the show very little (laughs) just hand that ball off I mean it's like you know that's why they, they brought in a game manager there's no reason you know and that's why I say like hey when Watson comes back how does that change this offense and then people, oh, it's going to be better. It's going to be better for sure. But there's going to be moments where you're going to question the play calling. And there were moments last year when you questioned the play calling down the stretch of games where, where Chubb wasn't touching the ball in some possessions. He was getting more rest and less snaps, if you will. And like, what are they doing? Why is Chubb not carrying the ball? It was ridiculous. I remember having, uh, obviously, fantasy plays a big part in my rage but it was like give Chubb the ball what the fuck it's like he's a monster you know and and hunt is good you know hunt is great as long as he's not beating on women so hopefully that continues for him and uh, i know there were rumors that he's going to be traded i don't know if that's in in the work still or not but they work together why not it's it's the best one to punch in football by far it's it's they are that good as running backs and the Eagles, they have a three-headed back, by the way. If you're, you're in fantasy and you have Miles Sanders, granted he had a good game, but then you get the vultures that come out to play later on, and you get the touchdowns by Gainwell and Scott to burn you. If you're in daily fantasy leagues where you're like, oh, come on, give it to Sanders, give it to Sanders, give it to Oh, fucking Gainwell, are you kidding me? That's the reaction of everybody. And then the third touchdown, oh, it's Scott, god damn it. You're like, fuck. <laughs> and then that, that's the reaction of everybody if you're doing daily fantasy or even season to a degree. But, um, yeah, that, that was a wild one in Detroit. Eagles had a big lead. Lions came. Hey, Goff is not bad. Listen, Goff has weapons with St. Brown and Swift. Swift. Swift is a stud, man. He's a stud back. He's so good. And, uh, listen, the Lions are going to play a lot of shootouts. That's for sure. We get the first tie of the year, the Texans and Colts. Colts led this game, I believe it was 20-3. to I mean, the Texans, I said that right? Texans led 20-3? to I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Um, and the Colts looked done. Looked done in this game, and then they made a fourth quarter comeback. 17 points in the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan, who I had been critical of because I thought Matt Ryan is done, <clears throat> had a nice little comeback there. And uh, they won an over... uh, Actually, I shouldn't say they won. I said they tied. It was an interesting decision for Lovey Smith at the end of overtime where he had to punt because he didn't want to take that risk of giving the Colts the ball back at midfield with time on the clock with a chance, of course, you know, one play, long kick. Because 
I think Blankenship had already missed one prior to that, which another bad kicking game in this one. So there's your first tie. Uh, Tua, who is often criticized for a lot of things. In fact, he came out this past week and talked about something he shouldn't have probably said, is, <laughs> which of course lets the critics go crazy, is that he can't see certain guys because of his size. Everyone knows he's barely six feet tall, although Drew Brees was the same size. I mean, I don't know who's taller, but Brees had no issues, at least he never told us. Tua apparently does have issues seeing over his linemen to find open receivers. However, last Sunday, no issues. I mean, his completion percentage was incredible against uh, a respectable Pats defense. I, you know, they've lost players, of course, but it's still Belichick. And he's going to maximize the talent of his players, as Nick Saban does and anybody under that tree. And that's what people don't understand. Okay, well, yeah, he has a roster he still likes. He's not going to, he's Bill Belichick. He's not going into a roster where he's like, okay, my guys suck. We're done. No, the guys are going to get better. And uh, you know, Tyreek Hill didn't go off, but he had a very respectable, respectable game. Highly targeted. Jalen Waddle had a big touchdown in that game. And we're going to see the Dolphins. I mean, look, I mean, they're going to be in a game with Baltimore this coming week. We'll see if that continues for that offense. The New York football giants come back win in Tennessee. So you get Saquon Barkley in a contract year. I know a lot of people drafted him. He, he's one of those guys in fantasy that I just stay away from. You have to. You just don't know. And then now, he's, you know, first game again. First game. We don't know if he's going to stay on the field for the next 17 weeks. <clears throat> he uh, has an explosion. Like, this was a great game for Saquon Barkley. And um, the Giants come back, take the lead. Actually, they were down. And then Dable went for two. That's right. Pardon me. So they went for two, and they took the lead, and then Tennessee comes back down the field, and they missed their la a last-second field goal that would have given them the win. Listen, Dable hasn't – he's going to just take risks all year because even if they lose, well, then they get a better draft pick. So why not take every risk? No one's going to be critical of that. We still – the jury's still out on Daniel Jones in terms of the improvement he's going to make under Dable. We don't know. I didn't really watch this game, so I can't tell you what throws he did make or did not make. Obviously, they were down early and then made that run. I mean, look, you're going to just hand the ball off to Saquon and just let him do his thing. Now, for one week, although technically now too, because we saw them again on Thursday night, uh, Mahomes has shown he's going to be okay without Tyreek Hill. I mean, he just dominated the Cardinals on Sunday. Cardinals are a mess. Kyler Murray, that offense, I mean, you know, Murray might be a little overrated because uh, that, that was a struggle for them. And, of course, Kelsey, they just, they killed him. They killed him. So that was easy. And um, the Chargers held off the Raiders in a grueling AFC West. Look, we know that division is probably the best in football. It's that good. Every week is going to be a battle in that division. It's just... 12 rounds, if you will, or the old school 15 rounds in boxing. That is just a bloodbath. And um, the Vikings smacked around the Packers, which is enjoyable to many, including me. Justin Jefferson now uh, being used as basically Cooper Cup. 
So that's you know, that's what they said going into the season. They were going to get him more in motion than they did. There was one broken play on the first drive where he comes in motion across the field and the guy going across stops midway thinking he has someone that's going to pick him up as you would think in communication and uh, no one did. And Jefferson caught the touchdown and went on to have an explosive game. And Aaron Rodgers had his issues with his receivers, one of his newer receivers, Dropped a long touchdown, or what would have been probably a touchdown on a deep pass. Then Rodgers got cranky. Have you heard the audio throughout the week? I mean, Rodgers is just a selfish piece of shit. I mean, he doesn't seem to be a team guy. It's an I. And if you heard from um, Kenny Powers, there's no I in team, but there's a U in cunt. That applies to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he just, like, everyone throws under the... He, he just He drives the bus and just, like takes everybody out on his team that he can and um you know that was an interesting like his facial reaction coming off the field like just looking as his uh, rookie dropped the ball it's just like asshole deal with it it's like you know make these kids good that's that's what great quarterbacks do eventually they're gonna catch that pass and so i i'm happy that hopefully they'll suck this year that's what i hope but Lazard didn't play. Lazard will be back Sunday night against the Bears. We'll see if they fix. You know, there'll be some tweaks to the offense, of course. And guys won't draw passes. And then he'll be happy. But remember, like I said last year, in the playoff game, in the loss at home against San Francisco, Aaron Rodgers is Mr. Zero Accountability. Nothing is his fault. Moving along. Uh, the Cowboys, just brutal. I mean, it, the funny thing about the Cowboys is I'm in a group text with a bunch of guys that are in my fantasy baseball and football leagues, and there's, there's two Cowboy fans in the chain, and the jokes are already starting before kickoff. Like, my joke is the Cowboys are already down 7 nothing before kickoff. I mean, just little jokes that you make at the Cowboys, and it's it's sad to a degree what happened in the game with Dak hurting his finger and now he's going to miss, they say what, three to four, four to five, who knows? I mean, he could come back sooner than later. But Tampa Bay, Brady, I mean, look, Godwin got hurt again. So that's going to be an issue uh, going forward. Although now they have Russell Gage, which was a huge acquisition coming over from Atlanta. And, uh, of course, Mike Evans is still there. Gronk retired. But, I mean, they're going to be okay. I mean, Fournette is a monster. Just give him the ball more often now. I mean, they're going to have to just deal with that in some games. If the passing attack isn't working, hand the ball to Fournette. The guy is incredible. He's, he's that good right now. He's really elevating his game to the level people thought he would when he came out of LSU. I mean, if you remember all the talk and hype behind Fournette when he went to Jacksonville, and that whole thing was an epic fail, probably not his fault. And with his second lease on life, he's taken full advantage of it, that's for sure. And the sky's the limit for his career going forward, especially in that offense. I mean, obviously, Brady's not going to be there forever. So we'll see what happens when Brady does finally hang it up. But right now, Fournette is a monster. And the Cowboys, I mean, uh, it's a mess. It's a mess again. And, and, and I mean, look, are you, are you thrilled with the backup that's going to be taken you know, under center? On Sunday, no, <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's see what he does, but it's not good. Zeke looks, eh. Zeke is shot. Let's be fair. Pa- Pollard is okay. 
CD Lamb is like, I need a quarterback. You know, it's just like, it's like I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, they play the Bengals who are coming off that home loss, and look, unless Diggs is gonna pick off a, pa- a couple passes from Burrow, which could happen because Burrow is a gunslinger. I, the Bengals are gonna just kill the Cowboys on Sunday. I just, I would be shocked if that is not a blowout. I, I mean, I think it's probably 35 to 10 ish if you give uh, you know that's what i think pardon me so russell goes home and then the coach has to admit later on in the week that he made a mistake and kind of sort of did without really doing so i mean look nathaniel hackett just what what a meltdown i mean i talked about this during the week to people in, in group text messages i was like we talk about i mean first of all father son let's just be fair they can't hack it right i mean remember paul as the offensive coordinator for the jets who was a running joke i mean if the jets had, a, had needed th- five yards hacker would run the, the four yard out you know third and five let's get four that that was basically the running joke for uh, i don't know however long he was there which i don't remember but it was just like really horrible play calling and now the son nathaniel coming over from green bay to be the head coach just uh it's like what are you doing you bring russell wilson in you pay him all this money uh, of course via trade but whatever he's, he got paid <clears throat> and you have a fourth and five and of course he's gonna say this the the marker was the six the 46 because we think that our kicker can hit from 64. now by the way no kicker had previously hit anything more than i think 55 in that field so I grant it, you know, you're playing at altitude in Denver where he can make the 64 easily. Now, to be fair, he pushed it wide. It was long enough. He did have the distance. But again, you've heard this all week if you listen to sports radio and all the talking heads. So I'm just regurgitating. I mean, this it's pretty obvious that you want to give Russell the ball and let him go for it on fourth and five. And you just eat it if he doesn't get it. Like, hey, you know, I mean, granted, my kicker made this in, in, in warm-ups, but I have more confidence in Russell getting those five yards. Now, the offense wasn't crisp. I mean, you know, they had Judy on that one play where he, he beat that defender right off the line of scrimmage and had the big touchdown, which Russell underthrew. Judy had to wait for it, so that could have been disastrous, but thankfully they still scored. <clears throat> Sutton got more involved in the second half. Look, the, the running game is great. I mean, they had that one-two combo, not as good as Hunt and Chubb, but it's special. It's still really good. And, uh, look, they're going to be better as the season goes on. Although in that division, there's very little room for error. I still think all four teams will make the playoffs in that division. I believe that. I think they're so stacked. I mean, there's a good chance if you look at the AFC, a team could miss the playoffs at, let me think, 10 and 7. That's possible. A team could be 10 and 7 and miss the playoffs in the AFC. That's how stacked that, that conference is. So we'll see what um, Denver makes some adjustments. And uh, and then, yeah, this past Thursday, the Chargers, you have Herbert get injured. Thankfully not broken. Just a cracked bone. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a bone. It was like a bruise kind of thing where uh, Herbert isn't expected to miss any time. He's day-to-day right now. 
We'll see how that goes in terms of his workouts throughout the week leading to the next game. Obviously, he has, extend, he has extra time having played on Thursday. He won't play again until next Sunday, I think. I don't think they have a Monday night game. I'm not sure. But so, look, the question is, everyone talked about, I know people are critical of the coach having him on the field, clearly in pain, limping off, or not limping off, but in clearly like agony trying to throw the ball and couldn't even throw the ball in that one play because he was it was just you know he could have ran out of bounds and he couldn't so he threw it and it was just I mean then then by the way which is funny and typical Herbert he he throws a dart an absolute dart to Carter for a touchdown I mean it was like a perfect pass injured and then just crazy crazy Oh, wait, no, Carter wasn't the touchdown. I think the touchdown was to Palmer. Carter was a deep pass, and then Palmer caught the touchdown on, the, on a couple plays later. But just, I mean, we'll see what happens with the injury. Hopefully it's not that big of a deal. And Because, again, like I said, injuries ruin seasons quickly. But the Chiefs' offense did enough. Kelsey wasn't that big of a factor. But Edward Zolaire is. I mean, Edward Zolaire is now going to get more time there. I think they're going to try to focus more on him, not just with the running game, but those little swing passes out of the backfield. He can do some damage. And, um, look, I mean, Juju's okay. I mean, what is he? He's okay. We'll see if he gets better as the season goes on. Not sure. Hardman's okay. Again, nothing great there. But Mahomes is going to make these guys better as long as he has the time to throw. I mean, look, he, he was facing Harold Hell all, all uh, Thursday night with Bosa and Khalil Mack coming at him. So that's the NFL right now. Looking forward to these games on, uh, well, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, rather. And uh, should be fun, week two. So that wraps up another edition of Morton's Law Podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter, Morton's underscore law. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. And uh, again, if you could, be so kind to donate. And um, that's that. Thank you guys for checking me out. I appreciate it. Take care and God bless gay sex.